Welcome back to the Later Day Podcast with your hosts, Brayden and Caden. This podcast is our answer to the everyday struggle of procrastinating our Come Follow Me studies. Whether you start your readings Monday morning or are listening to us on the way to church, we're just happy you're here. Oh, so very happy, especially today, which is... March 8th. International um, Women's Day, baby. International Women's Day. Hopefully you've shown all the women in your life all the love that you can muster today and forever. I did talk to my mom today. <laughs> and uh, I I saw Krista for maybe an hour because she's, oh, uh, she's been gone doing a little conference thing, getting some certifications. And I've been writing a paper, so... It's been busy. I have to call my mom still, I think. Brayden. And maybe my sisters. I'm sorry. I got carried away. I was out for too much today. You really just um, don't appreciate the women in your life, do you? I guess <laughs> I guess I guess not. Um but it's funny that it's International Women's Day today. Uh unfortunately Is it a lesson for the well so here, let me. <laughs> I don't think what, it's, do a think it's a joke. <laughs> no, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, this lesson for the the week of March 9th to the 15th actually covers a lot of some of my favorite talking points in the scriptures, which is when the Nephites or the Lamanites, when either of them are disrespecting their women, the God punish like well, sorry, not the God. God punishes them like a crazy amount. And, like, he constantly, constantly says to the um, men in the scriptures, like, hey, the reason you're not getting blessings, the reason you guys are suffering right now, the reason you're all going hungry is because of the way you're treating your women and you need to smarten up. Otherwise, like, you're just going to be cut off forever and ever. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool that Jacob, um, I know Nephi talks about it a little bit, but, like, Jacob is one of the first prophets as we get into the book of Jacob here that really brings up... Yeah, he well dives into chastity, but as well as like like really defends the women in his life, and uh, I think that's important. So this lesson is be reconciled unto God through the atonement of Christ. So once again, um, Nephi is gone now. So here's the little intro here. The Nephites considered Nephi their great protector. He had defended them against attacks from their enemies, and he had warned them of spiritual dangers. Now he was gone, and the task of leading the Nephites spiritually fell to Jacob, whom Nephi had consecrated to be a priest and teacher of the people. By inspiration, Jacob perceived that his people needed to be taught with much boldness, for they were beginning to labor in sin. These sins were much like that, well, much like what people struggle with today, love of riches and sexual immorality, and yet while Jacob felt that he had to condemn their, this wickedness, his heart also ached for its victims whose hearts had been pierced with deep wounds. So we're going to see a lot of the healing power that comes from um, reconciling with God here that Jacob's going to teach us over the next uh, week. We're also going to see what kind of sins we're talking about here that people back in the day were dealing with as well as many of us are dealing with today. And we're also going to learn a little bit about being bold and the strictness of the word of God. So, yeah. 
Perfect. So we start out. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Kind of said it better myself. Jacob kind of introducing himself because this is his first little couple chapters. Um, and he's basically saying like, yeah, even though Nephi asked me to be like a spiritual teacher, I know that this calling came from Heavenly Father and Heavenly Father wants me to magnify my calling. Um, well, it, it says specifically magnify his office. And that's kind of like a, a term that we use in the scriptures a lot, or in church a lot, sorry. Um, and we did magnify our office unto the Lord. Like there's been lots of conference talks, lots of um, like sacrament meeting talks about magnifying your calling, magnifying your office. I know that on my mission, we had like a, a training specifically about magnifying our calling as missionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure that term all comes back to Jacob right here in this chapter. So that's pretty substantial in itself. Like message aside, just the the coining of a term is uh, it's a it's a good way to introduce yourself, Jacob. Yeah, well, I mean, it's he says it right here in Jacob uh, 1, verse 19. And we did magnify our office unto the Lord, taking upon us the responsibility, answering the sins of the people upon our own heads, if we did not teach them the word of God with all diligence. Wherefore, by laboring with our might, their blood might not come upon our garments. Otherwise, their blood would come upon our garments, and we would not be found spotless at the last day. So it talks a lot about accountability there as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why like magnifying your calling is such an important thing. And I think it's why um, whenever I attend like a stake conference or something, I mean, it, it happens on the ward level as well, for sure, uh, as most things do. But like you, you really hear some stories or you're like, you'll see people um, bring up experiences of like them magnifying their callings. And they're often like shooken by the experience uh because of you know how accountable they felt like i know there's like this thing um with mission presidents i don't know if this is true but it, and maybe it's just to like scare mission presidents but it's like uh a mission president is responsible for the sisters elders and sisters that serve in their mission their children and their children's children or something you gotta be pretty pretty big at magnifying your calling if if yeah. that's three generations and, and i think about that and i'm like yeah man my my mission president like he took it on himself to be accountable for everyone and that's awesome like i can't i couldn't have asked for a better better example i think and uh i mean if you... i just hope that i can be a good example to those around me i guess of magnifying my calling like my mission president um, I know, well, we've got friends who still see and meet their mission president, like, pretty regularly. Um, mm-hmm. like, mission president came to their wedding and stuff. Maybe if my mission president was from Utah and I was in Utah, that might happen or whatever. But both my mission presidents were in France, and I just don't have that opportunity. I did see them when I went back for, um, with Krista for our belated oh, nice. honeymoon. But, like, whether... Whether or not your mission president's able to, like, see you or you keep a relationship with them post-mission, like, even just the influence of my mission president on my life reflects what you just said. Like, they have a responsibility to, to their missionaries, to their missionary children and their grandchildren. 
the way that I like was taught and learned by my mission president's influence and like example, like you were saying, has changed the way that I live my life. And that will probably in turn affect my children. Yeah, and, carry and, on multiple You know, like I think just by mm-hmm. being a good example and by, you know, magnifying their calling as a mission president has that effect, you know? Because it's well, such and, like a turning think, point in most people's lives. True, true. And I think for those who haven't served a mission, like the relationship is very much the same as uh, anyone you report to. Yeah, it's like a bishop. Like in the church, like a, right? I mean, yeah, I like revere or... lots of my mm-hmm. bishops through my youth or my bishop through my youth the same as I, I love my mission president because, I mean, mm-hmm. my bishop got me on my mission, right? My bishop it's, yeah, taught it's, it's me and, the relationship. and me and guided me. And I think, uh, like, the reason why I think it's different for me is because, like, when I was a missionary, like, that was my office, was to have, like, a good relationship, good standing with my mission president, as well as those under my stewardship whenever I was a leader or something, or just under my area when I was teaching, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that, like, that uh, fellowship or that brotherhood, I guess, that you could have or sisterhood you could have in magnifying an office and like really feeling like oh man we're powerhouses like in the gospel like that's crazy like oh me and president clark we can do anything <laughs> like like just yeah thinking of that like i that that is the perfect example of boldness to me or like the magnifying of um an office and um in it's it's important that you make are able to magnify your office because of the times that we're going to talk about here that you can't you have to be bold and you have to chasten but like still be someone that they can look up to or that they can believe in like when jacob's telling these people like hey you guys are sinning and you guys are wicked and you guys are like treating your wives so horribly like not a lot of people want to listen to that but they're able to trust Jacob here. And I think it's because of the example he's been given. Right. So he's magnifying his calling. Mm-hmm. And just the, it gives us like a link um, to an Enzyme article from 89. Um, I'm going to read more than it just shows. I'm going to read. So it says, if we are to magnify our callings, we cannot live only unto ourselves. As we serve with diligence, as we teach with faith and testimony, as we lift and strengthen and build convictions of righteousness in those whose lives we touch, we magnify our callings um so yeah just like exactly what you were saying they they were able to listen to jacob even though he was saying hard things because he was being that solid example because he had magnified his calling so he wasn't living just to himself he was living for everyone who was under his stewardship Mm -hmm. yeah like i think I think you can talk about magnifying a calling forever. Um, but like, I, I feel like we've hit the meat and potatoes of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what What does his example inspire you to do to magnify your church calling? Yeah, so it's like Jacob, my mission president, your stake president, like whoever. Like you can use this question for any of any of the people you know in the church. You can use it for your your brother, your sister, whatever. And then there's also and, uh, a video called Rise to Your Call. I'll link that mm-hmm. in the uh, episode description. It's only two minutes long, but it's it's pretty sweet. There's also a movie called On the Lord's Errand. 
Oh, that's about uh, my friend uh, Thomas about S. Thomas Monson. S. Monson. Yeah, my good friend, my good pal. Um, amazing movie though. Oh, so good. I I can't link that. I don't think is it on. No, no. I don't think it's on LDS.org. It's like a movie that you have to buy. Uh, amazing, amazing movie, worth a watch. That's for sure. Especially because you can't get enough of President Monson. He's just too, too wholesome. So next we're going to talk about um, the Lord delights in chastity. Now when I think of chastity, <laughs> oh, I love, I love chasteness. Man, so chaste. <laughs> this is our, this is, uh, I, I think this is our first sexual, sexual purity lesson on the podcast. Maybe is we've it? talked about yeah, it another well, I mean, time. We've... But. This is just I think, another well, I guess example we've just of talking about like our standards, down, right? I guess. Yeah, I think we've talked about our standards, not necessarily going into like the sexual do's and don'ts of Right. So it says it says when you read the following verses, look for ways immorality was affecting the Nephites as a people and as individuals, and how are these ways similar to the consequences of immorality you see in today's world? So I'm gonna read those verses and think about those and then we can talk about it. Yeah? Okay. Sure. So they say, For behold, I, the Lord, have seen the sorrow and heard the mourning of the daughters of my people in the land of Jerusalem, yea, and in all the lands of my people because of the wickedness and abominations of their husbands. And I will not suffer, saith the Lord of hosts, that the cries of the fair daughters of this people, which I have led out of the land of Jerusalem, shall come up unto me against the men of my people, saith the Lord of hosts. For they shall not lead away captive the daughters of my people because of their tenderness save i shall visit them with a sore curse even unto destruction for they shall not commit whoredoms like unto them of old saith the lord of hosts and now behold my brethren ye know that these commandments were given unto our father lehi wherefore ye have known them before and ye have come unto great condemnation for ye have done the things which ye ought not to have done Behold, ye have done greater iniquities than the Lamanites our brethren. Ye have broken the hearts of your tender wives, and lost the confidence of your children, because of your bad examples before them. And the sobbings of their hearts ascend up to God against you, and because of the strictness of the word of God which cometh down against you, many hearts dry, many hearts died, pierced with deep wounds. And then chapter 3 verse 10 says, Wherefore ye shall remember your children, how that ye have grieved their hearts because of the example that ye have set before them. And also remember that ye may, because of your filthiness, bring your children unto destruction, and their sins be heaped upon your heads at the last day. Wow. So lots to kind of go into and dissect here. Uh, I think, honestly, I think my favorite verse is 35, but it's because I think I... You know when, like, you listen to something and you interpret it the wrong way? Mm-hmm. But, like, your wrong interpretation, if you play around with it, can make a lot of sense? Yeah. Um, so... You're sounding a lot like in, um, churches in Joseph Smith's time. Yeah. So be careful. <laughs> Basic, yeah, basically, baptism, like, you can interpret basically, it as some version. Basically, just sprinkle some water on there. <laughs> yeah, no... Um, what I'm talking about here is, um, so the word strictness in verse 35, mm-hmm. and because of the strictness of the word of God, which cometh down against you, many hearts died, p- 
pierced with deep wounds. When I read that, I thought, or when, when I was listening to you talking about it, I was like, oh, strictness of the word of God. Like, I'm thinking God's chastening these people, which cometh down against you. Many hearts died. So, like, I thought maybe these men, um, or maybe women who were partaking in some of these immoral acts too, I guess, um, they were listening to the Lord, they get chastened, and then they're like, okay, well, my heart's crushed, turned off, because that's pierced with a deep wound. I'm like, I'm out. Like, I don't care about this anymore. Right. And maybe that's how they died. Right? But there's actually a footnote here, and this is why I guess I understood it wrong. And it says, in the footnote, it says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And so it's talking about, like, the strictness of the word of God in that, like, that is what he said. He said it's man and wife. Right, like must, the strictness uh, of the purity of marriage. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but the reason why I liked it was because it's like it talks about how, you know, sometimes you'll catch people in the act of immorality and you try to talk sense to them and their hearts die because they feel embarrassed or they feel um, upset that you'd even talk to them about something like this. They don't think you can understand where they're coming. Like, they don't see you coming from their place, I guess. And that's why their hearts die, and they're pierced with these deep, deep wounds. And, uh, yeah, so it's not necessarily the correct interpretation on my part, but... Okay, well, those are both really interesting. Mm -hmm. I interpreted it in a different way, but those both, like... It's cool that we have three different interpretations. So what I thought (laughs) was, um, because of the strictness of the word of God, which cometh down against you, many hearts died pierced with deep wounds. So my thought was, like... Because of the strictness of the word of God, like, you've broken a commandment, and when you die and judgment comes, so, like, the strictness of the word of God cometh down against you. So I'm just imagining, like, judgment, you're not able to make it to heaven, so then hearts are dying, being pierced with deep wounds, because they're like, why couldn't you have just obeyed the commandments, repented? done what you were supposed to do now we can't be together for eternity the way that heavenly father intended Mm-hmm. wow and want to know what if you read that one again <laughs> so starting a fourth church here the fourth interpretation <laughs> um if you read jacob 310 mm-hmm. wherefore you shall remember your children how that uh ye have grieved their hearts because of the example that ye have set before them. So because of the strictness of the word of the Lord uh, and your sin there, you've grieved the hearts of your children, so their hearts have died in you. And this goes back to the accountability thing here, um, where you bring your children unto destruction and their sins be heaped upon your heads at the last day because they're like, right, oh, because well, you didn't do good father enough. and mother did this, and you know they taught me I should do this and so their hearts are destroyed and then because they see that you know oh they've ruined their lives I guess you know if I ruin my life I'm just following suit right right so then they're saying ruining your life yeah yeah so that's another interpretation so what what are your guys's thoughts on this we'd love to know um if you read these verses and you hear them any other way then uh please please let us know because that's Right there in like three minutes, maybe more. <laughs> we we went through like a bunch of different interpretations. Man, the scriptures. Where would we be without 
all of these works. Lost. We'd be totally mm-hmm. lost. <laughs> I'm just True. reading yes. the next little paragraph. Um, I'm just going to skirt around it and we'll go to the next heading. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Jacob chapter 4 and it says, I can be reconciled to God through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Um, one of everybody's favorite topics, repentance. And more important, reconciliation to Heavenly Father. So even though in these previous two chapters, um, Jacob is bringing down the hammer, talking about this chastity and the the poor example that they're setting, the next chapter he he, he kind of like serves his punch with a cookie, right? He's like, punch <laughs> you in the face with this truth, but then he's like, also... So even though I just said all those things that are really hard to hear, repentance is a thing. And no matter what you do, you can be forgiven. So just just stop. Just stop what you're doing. Repent. And then you won't have to suffer all those consequences. Right. Punch and a cookie. The punch not That's being funny. like juice, but like a, a physical like yeah, yes, to like the a face hit, a hit to the face, yeah, and then a cookie. The cookie That's is awesome. repentance. Um, what has God provided to point you to Christ? How are you using these things to draw closer to God? Oh, I'm trying to think of this question. Here. My calling to teach primary man. I just pointed love you to teaching primary to Christ. Oh yeah, okay. It is so like teaching children about the foundation, like the found foundation foundational principles of the gospel. That was really hard for me to get out. Teaching children about the foundational principles of the gospel, um, it just helps, man. It helps me like remember what's really important you know those those key details praying reading your scriptures service to one another loving one another like those that's the gospel in its purest form you know and having the opportunity to teach primary and to refresh those simple truths in my mind and to to hear children's like pure answers when i'm like think of something kind that you did this last week. And they're like, oh, my brother was crying. And so I let him play with my favorite toy. And it's like, man, so pure, but like so wholesome. That draws me to Christ. Nothing draws me to Christ like, like the simple truths of the gospel. That's true, man. That's like the simple truths are what does it for me as well. I think and. You take care of a lot of them when you are younger, and I guess those just stick with you. I guess they leave more of an impact, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, they're a foundation, and that's... I think God put me in... I'm I'm in primary for me. I love being in primary. And especially when I think of, like, the word reconcile, I think of, like, when a child reconciles with their parents if they do something wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they, they, I think if you've taught your, your children, right, I guess like the only, I've never had a child. Um, I've had younger siblings and I've got a little niece and, uh, I really respect my sister and her husband, like my brother-in-law's 
parenting. Um, when I, like, I don't get to see them very often cause I live very far away, but, uh, whenever I do go, it's like, uh, at, at significant, um, lengths of time have passed. So like my niece is a completely different little girl every right, time. Than the last and it's, time you it's, saw. it's both, yeah, it's both sad and exciting. Cause it's like, oh man, like she's, she's so much, like she knows so much more this time. Right. But, um, one of the last times I, I went and visited my family um she was it, it wasn't she wasn't acting up but like she may have done something uh, i forget like what it would have been and my my sister didn't like raise her voice or anything but you could tell that my sister's taught my niece if she's done something wrong that like she'll she'll talk to her in like a tone of voice and say like hey we don't do this and then charlotte my niece would be like oh yes like i'm sorry and like she'll like 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 just puppy eyes, like instantly. Mm-hmm. She won't like. She won't try to get out of it. Just She'll that take... like reconciliation with her parents. So humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 cool to see how like it, and it's not like my parent like her parents are getting mad at her or anything. They're just letting her know like, hey, that's not something we do mm-hmm. in this house or or ever to our friends or to our family, and uh, like it's. So that with a child, like you see that perfect example of like how the Lord wants us to kind of be. Well, I mean, that's why they always say be, like but... meek and mild, right? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be meek like unto a child, submissive. Because like a child, like a child can understand this. Like they, they can understand right from wrong. And the thing is, is like they're, they're not old enough to have developed that like prideful, natural man response of like mm-hmm. fighting back. And like v- obviously rebellion. some kids are, but. Yeah, they'll be like, no, and like try to run away or something. But like the meekness and mildness of a child, like reconciling with their parent or accepting that scorn. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is like the perfect example of how Heavenly Father needs us to be with him and with his commandments kind of thing. So shout out to all the parents out there and uh, to my sister and her husband. Shout out to that family as well um okay i can be reconciled to god through the atonement of jesus christ and i think the atonement itself is just one of those examples that teaches you like what it is to go to your parents and mm-hmm. reconcile like even christ's atonement was a reconciliation with his god well his father and reconciliation is just um it's like almost doing a accountability yeah it's just being like this is where i'm at right this is this is where i'm struggling this is where i need help this is you know where i've sinned and this is where i have Mm -hmm. have been exemplary it's not just the bad things but this reconciling is is going through everything it's going through a top to bottom everything that's going on with heavenly father and that's kind of like the the relationship that we should be striving to have right we talk about how close we are supposed to be with with heavenly father and jesus christ but how close can you be with somebody if you never talk to them Mm -hmm. obviously they know everything about us but it's hard for us to approach ourselves to them without opening ourselves right i can know everything about a person but until until they've told me there's like a, a special there's a certain distance that can't be crossed no matter how much i learn and how much i i try to get to know them until there's conversation 
and like building of trust through that reconciliation through that communication between two parties you can only get so close right yeah you can only yeah i think and you can also use reconcile like like this is you use it when you're doing taxes in some companies right the companies reconcile their their finances that's it that's it yeah, their finances. Mm-hmm. So there's there's loads there to go through, I think. Um, Cohen, um, our buddy, our buddy Cohen, he always, whenever I talk to him about like some spiritual struggling or anything, he just tells me, man, it sounds like you now need to have a heart-to-heart with Heavenly Father. Every yeah, time just... I'm like, hey, I'm just struggling with this or here's what's going on right now, he's like, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like you need to have a heart-to-heart with Heavenly Father. It's like, yeah. He's he's really good at calling me out for that. But it's true. Like, that's the, the reconciliation we're talking about here. It's just like, look, this is why I'm angry right now, or this is why I'm frustrated. This is what I'm going through. Heavenly Father mm-hmm. wants to help us. It's just up to us to reconcile with him in order to to reconnect that bond, you know? Yeah, and the atonement was done so that when we do reconcile, we can reconcile with faith, knowing that, like, no matter what you say to God, we can move beyond it. And what you come to him with, yeah, you can move beyond it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad we were able to work the atonement back in there. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's move on to this last heading. I can avoid spiritual blindness by focusing on the Savior. Right, because he's talking about, Jacob is talking about how, like, one of the reasons why they fell away from, like, the commandments and one of the reasons why they stopped being good examples to their children, like he was saying in in chapters 2 and 3, is because they were spiritually blinded, because they had turned away from from the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I think um, part of spiritual blindness is, like, it says in here, there is a tendency among some of us to look beyond the mark rather than to maintain a testimony of gospel basics. We do this when we substitute the philosophies of men for gospel truths, engage in gospel extra, uh, extrem- extremism, or elevate rules over doctrine. Avoiding these behaviors, this is a longer quote than I thought it was, <laughs> avoiding these behaviors will help us avoid the theo- uh, theological blindness and stumbling that Jacob described. Oh, isn't that... Um, that ain't that the truth yeah it's it's a great quote it was a little longer than i thought it was gonna be elevating so rules that. over doctrine that's like mm-hmm. the the number one thing that's, that yeah that's what i want people get frustrated on. about as members of the church uh, that's one of the and, most and it's so common we get distracted by it right what that's not supposed to happen we've been doing this for so this is how we've done it like for example what are you talking about we can't do this wearing a white shirt when you're passing the sacrament when I was 12, 13, you can't pass that. I was certain that it was a commandment that you had to wear a white shirt and tie. That was, you know, if you weren't wearing a white shirt, you couldn't do it. And then when I was like 16, um, our bishop was like, no, that's not a that's not a commandment at all. Like, we want to be respectful, of course, but imagine if there was a family who couldn't afford new dress clothes for their 12-year-old son who's growing up, right? He's growing out of his old clothes. They can't afford to buy him new clothes. He doesn't have to wear a white shirt and tie. 
wear respectful clothes, of course. Don't go past in the sacrament wearing like yeah. some. Well, they just ask that you you black come Sabbath to church in, in in what you feel is your best possible clothing for that day or something like what you think even if it's your cleanest pair of clothes i remember on my mission i had a investigator and he had he was tell, he was all excited he was so hyped up about these basketball shorts that he bought mm-hmm. that he bought them with his own money uh because he was part of a basketball team and they had to like pay for their own jerseys and stuff yeah i said maybe don't wear the jersey but like your shorts <laughs> like definitely wear the shorts if they're your nicest pair of pants and he's like yeah they're honestly my nicest so he showed up with like his little sandals his shorts and like a little white shirt <laughs> like it was it was awesome a white t-shirt and his yeah he looked great that day and i know the lord was smiling on him was smiling down on him. um and i think yeah that's just going back to spiritual blindness like we just get distracted by those like to just fake look, rules, look you know? beyond the mark yeah looking beyond the mark, seeing, like, thinking, oh, yeah, everyone's told me to think outside the box, be creative, like, I'm not going to settle for these seminary answers of, you know, read scriptures uh, daily, pray daily, and go to church, I need to go into the nitty-gritty, I need to find out, you know, everything, like, why were we attending, like, church for however many hours back in the day, but only this much now, like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, you get distracted by those silly little rules instead of focusing on doctrine of love one another, you know? Mm-hmm. The, so that's the yeah. actual commandments. Elevate rules over doctrine. I like that a lot. Yeah. So- and I think um, going into conference right away here, we'll see a lot of this again. Mm-hmm. There's always some people who go into conference and be like, oh, I've got so many questions. Like, and I can't wait to have them all answered. And then all the questions will be answered. And then for some of other, it's like some other people will be like, I found it really distracting because at the beginning of conference, they decided to change this one thing that I've been doing my whole life. And then, you know what? Now anyone can be a, you know, a witness for baptism. What that, what's that about? Yeah. It's and then like, they get distracted for the you gotta, rest of yeah, the, you gotta pick what, your, like, you gotta pick your battles. Eight and, hours uh, of conference, just miss out on all of your spiritual experiences because you're focused on the the rules instead mm-hmm. of doctrine again it's just picking your battles and 10 out of 10 times you're gonna lose a battle with the lord unfortunately mm-hmm. um well so <laughs> speaking of conference coming up um i want to reiterate our fun conference episode that we we're talking oh, about yes, doing yes um so we want to do an episode where we talk about you know this is supposed to be a really special conference we know that. They've announced that in the, the past conference. Um, and there's been a lot of speculation and rumor going on about what might be so special, um, what may ma- what might make it so, you know, like, impactful. Um, whether they're funny ideas or more serious ideas, we just want to talk about everybody's rumors and everybody's um, theories for, for what might be coming up in this conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thank you for reminding me of that because it's totally true. It's going to be our first episode that's not actually part of the curriculum this year, but we actually get an extra week because of conference um, where we would like just to record some something for everyone to listen to. And uh, yeah, if you've got time throughout the week but prior to conference, you can prepare by kind of listening to us talk about some of the ideas you gave us. Um, 
I know just thinking about it now, uh, the coronavirus has been a big thing. And I think maybe at a conference, the special thing will be like, there's going to be toilet paper under everyone's seats that they can take home because there's like such a loss or there's such, what is it? They're out of stock. And such so a many. high demand. Everyone's stocking <laughs> such up. a high demand. You get toilet paper. You get <laughs> just, the church just gives out that awful one ply. Like the giant roll that's like the size of a Yeah, the plate. giant commercial dinner plate roll, but it's like one ply toilet paper. <laughs> like, we've had this, like, we've been preparing. Like, I don't um, know. But so yeah, we're talking about stuff other, like that. Just any other just rumors or ideas. theories, feel free to, to message us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email. Um, we'd love to hear your suggestions and, and hopefully your ideas make it into our episodes so we can talk about them. Yeah, but with that, um, we've gone through this whole chapter here, and I think uh, it's time to bring it to, to a close. I'm just trying to think of anything we can cap it off with by uh, talking a little bit about, like, be reconciled unto God through the atonement of Christ. But the last two headings really just gave us that idea. But what I wanted to talk about uh, and really reiterate because of um, today the eighth being international women's day is to like um just a fun challenge not necessarily a challenge but like a fun activity is to like look for the amount of times um women women and children i guess i should say uh are referenced in the scriptures uh both new testament and old testament as well and how often they're referenced to being you know, mistreated, and then that being the direct reason why God has cut people off. Mm -hmm. Because he cares about his daughters so much. And, like, there's often times where men will treat men with disrespect um, in the scriptures, or there's contention of, like, wars and whatnot, and it's not like the Lord's smiling down on them, but it's not nearly as That doesn't hurt the Lord's feelings as much. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like, he, the, this This is why the Lord loves chastity, is because he truly loves his his daughters. And I know we didn't um, discuss much in that heading, but the Lord truly does delight in chastity of both his sons and daughters. But there's, you, yeah, the daughters of God definitely hold a super special place in his heart. And um, as in mine. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thanks for saying yes there Caden appreciate it um so big thank you to everyone who's listened so far huge shout out to our friend the lucky bandit aka Spencer Rolfson for providing us the music for the intro and outro of our podcast we'd also like to once again ask everyone to please follow us on Instagram Twitter Facebook so that we can post updates and you can get them and understand when we're releasing new episodes and share our posts help us grow and share them yeah share like subscribe wherever tell your friends uh we enjoy doing this and hopefully you enjoy listening so with that we will see you in the next one have a great week